0: It's a question on all of our minds, right? Do we need to be blogging in 2020? Do we really need to be blogging in 2020? Isn't blogging so 2012? I'm going to answer that question in today's podcast. And I'm also going to tell you what to do if you absolutely despise blogging and you just don't want to do it. So we're going to dive into that in today's episode. How can we as creative educators and entrepreneurs find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. A little background on my relationship with blogging before I start the episode. I was writing as far back as I can remember. I have boxes and boxes of my writing saved in the basement like anybody's ever going to read it. I have everything from stories I wrote as a kid, as a young kid, uh, growing up, how my stories kind of progressed, and I even wrote letters to my grandparents, I wrote a newspaper that I tried selling to my mom outside of my bedroom door for like 10 cents. I don't know if she even bought one, but my mom was a high school English teacher, so I really didn't have much choice in whether I wanted to write or not. I, I It just kind of came to me, and you know, my big entertainment when I was a kid was either I, I could play on my Nintendo 64, I could read our set of encyclopedias we had, which I did love to read, by the way, And we had this huge Mac computer, which had to be like one of the first ones that came out. And it maybe had like one game on it and it had a notepad to type on. So I know I'm dating myself, but my choice out of all of those awesome entertainment choices was always to write. And naturally writing became one of my favorite hobbies. And I combined my writing with my love of those encyclopedias because I always loved to write how-to articles, reports, the newspaper, like I was just telling you about. I'm a total, obviously I'm still doing it. I'm a total like nonfiction nerd. Fast forward to when blogging became a thing. And of course I had to have one, right? So my very first blog, I had to think about it for a while and I don't even remember when it was, but I remember it was really pink. It was like a hot pink colored background and it was all about fashion practical fashion I think was the name of it please don't Google it I would be so embarrassed uh, hopefully it's not still living out there on the web but it's kind of funny it was like I it was all the deals that I found on fashion and actually I need all the fashion help I can get so I don't know what I was thinking but that was my very first blog I think it was on blogger and as I got older I still loved doing blogging I I loved writing blogs I loved building websites and learning about blogging. I had a blog or two after that of my own, one of which I still have around and I update it from time to time. It's a local mom blog. And it's really fun. I'll write articles about things to do around our city with your little ones, and I review local establishments, and I don't spend much time on it. It's much more of a hobby than anything, but it has provided me a lot of opportunities locally, making connections, and oftentimes I'll get an email inviting us to go to local events, and they'll give us free tickets if I write about the experiences, which is kind of fun, and I just love having it. But all of that to say, my background when it comes to blogging makes me a little biased when I answer the question, is blogging dead? Because I love it. I love to write. I'm a little obsessed with building a blog and driving traffic to blogs. So you know that I'm going to say blogging is not dead. Of course not but that doesn't mean you have to love blogging in the way that I do. You do not have to blog to be successful with content marketing, and I will tell you about that in a minute, but first let me tell you why blogging is still a really valuable part of any online marketing strategy. I don't doubt that you're going to hear lots of people tell you you don't have to have a blog, that marketing by putting out content in this way on a blog is slow moving, that it's the tortoise of the marketing strategies and that there are faster ways that you can increase your sales in an online business and you can try this and you can try this and you can try this. And you know, some of that is true, blogging definitely is a slow moving marketing tactic, but it's the same idea that sometimes we just don't wanna, we just don't need to change something that works, right? A blog just works differently in 2020, and we have to understand that. It works very differently than it did back in 2012 when blogging was all the rage, when people used to check in on a blog every week to see what their favorite bloggers were writing. We used to, I don't know if you if you guys did this too, but I would sign up for those RSS feeds so that every time my favorite bloggers blogged, I would get their posts in my email inbox. That was me in 2012, signing up for all the blog feeds so that I got all the blog posts right in my email. But we don't, we can't do that anymore, because it's way too saturated. We are busy, there are other things going on, there's social media and email and you know, all of that stuff. We don't have time to be following one blog week after week and reading the blog post word for word every week. We've become a population of scanners, right? We scan and skim through emails and through blog posts. But that's not to say that your ideal audience is is not interested in reading your blog. They're just reading it differently in 2020 than they were in 2012 and they're following along differently in 2020 than they were in 2012. Many people, like me for example, I still love to see a method broken down in a blog post versus seeing it on video. And I know I'm I know that not everybody is that way, but for me I really prefer it because I'm too impatient for video. I am not going to waste time watching a 20-minute how-to video when I could just skim a blog post or an article to find that same information. So there's still value in that written word. I love reading roundup blog posts with, you know, lifestyle bloggers who will round up like home decor. I love reading that. I love reading fashion blogs where they round up like the five, you know, best deals on leather jackets or whatever. Uh, favorite things that my favorite bloggers will do—a roundup for. I'm always looking for new recipes on my favorite blogs, and some blogs I will go back to time and time again for recipes, even if they're they were published ages ago. One example is every Thanksgiving I go to the Pioneer Woman's blog. She's the best, right? If you if you watch her show or you read her blog, she actually really writes good blog posts around her recipes. So typically when I'm searching for a recipe, I don't know if you do this, but I just scroll right to the recipe, right? I don't read the rest of the food article. But with the Pioneer Woman, she really breaks it down step by step. And I almost would rather read the step by step than the recipe because she's kind of like my grandmother where she's, you know, she says, I use a slab of butter and do it this way. And she walks you through each step by step. She has the best, and you can thank me for this next November, she has the best Thanksgiving lineup on her blog. It's an old one. You have to go back a little. Uh, It's the orange and rosemary brine for turkey. So good. Every year, I use her recipe. I go back to her blog. I don't ever remember to save it or print it out. I always go back on her blog to find it. I do her mashed potatoes and her turkey brine recipe. It is a crowd pleaser. It is amazing. But why I'm telling you that is that the most important thing about blogs and the reason blogging is not dead is because the content never dies. The content always lives on. It's all about the shelf life because I can still go back and I can still look up my favorite pioneer woman recipes every single Thanksgiving. And I can count on the fact that they're there unless she deletes them. They're still going to be there and I will be able to quickly find them with a Google search. This is different. With other platforms. Social media is not as long lasting and it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be micro content, little snippets of content that you can digest quickly and then they're gone unless you save them. Uh, Instagram posts obviously live on in your feed and Facebook posts will live for a few days before they get pushed down. But it's not really easy to find old posts, right? You There's no search feature aside from hashtag searches that lets you search old content. And even hashtag searches are really short-lived because lots of them are, you know, if you go to the most recent, they're very quickly gonna get, your your post is very quickly gonna get pushed down on most recent hashtags. Insta stories we know are meant to be uh, consumed and then they're gone unless you save them in highlights and still we're missing that search engine functionality that you get with a blog. So having a blog gives you the chance to show up when someone is searching for you or for something that you wrote. In the day and age where everything is moving fast, fast, fast online, blogs are still slow moving. They slow everything down. Your content stays on your blog as long as you want it to and it only gets stronger in a search every time somebody reads it, shares it, pins it, pushes it out to social media, it gets stronger. And so blogs are your chance to get some of your cornerstone content out there. That's like the content that you really put time into, that you write it out and it stays online and you want it to stay online because it represents you. So anytime someone finds you, they're also going to find your brand because they'll be able to read through some of those long form posts, your big ideas, not snippets of ideas like we see on social media. But here's the thing, and I feel like I always about halfway through the podcast, I say these words, but here's the thing. There's always a thing, right? It's not effective to blog just to blog. It's not a diary. It's not a sales pitch. It's not a place to write a five-page essay about your theories on math strategies. Blogging, like everything else we do in marketing or online business, needs to be understood. It needs to be purposeful or else you're just wasting your time. You would be wasting your time blogging if you didn't take the time to learn what makes a great blog post, to reflect on what your readers are responding to, and to make sure your posts are really optimized to show up in that search so that when someone is searching for your content or for you, for keywords that are in your post, that they're actually finding you. And they also need to have a clear call to action. What do you want people to do when they're done reading the post, just like everything else we do online? It's part of your strategy. You need to have a solid content strategy so your blog isn't confusing all over the place and doesn't come together for the reader. Your blog and your web page need to reflect your brand, and that includes the copy on your webpage and and the design of your blog, it should all be sending the same really consistent message. That's when blogs really work. Do you ever go to a blog and notice that in one genre of blogs that they all start to look the same? Like food blogs tend to look the same and lifestyle blogs tend to look the same and teacher blogs, no offense, tend to look the same. We gotta be careful of that. Just like with all of our other marketing strategies, we need to be thinking about how can we be true to ourselves, to our brand, our message, to our audience? How can we stand out instead of blending in by being ourselves? and not just doing what we see other people doing, but understanding the philosophy behind blogging, how it works, how it drives traffic, how it increases sales, and then how we can be ourselves in that space, show up in genuine, new, innovative ways so that we are blogging for 2020 and not blogging for 2012. Once your blog is established and there's traffic coming in on the regular, you have this wonderful place you've built where you can show your ideal customer straight to the checkout area. Here's what you can buy, right? Your blog is the experience you lead your customer through. It's the journey to make a purchase. And if it's done right, nothing will feel salesy and the best part I think about having a blog is that all of this is happening. It's very evergreen, right? So this means traffic is constantly moving towards your product and you don't have to be constantly pushing it there. You can make sales off of a blog post that you wrote three years ago just because you designed it to point them to the checkout. You designed it to walk them through the journey they needed to go on to make that purchase. And Of course, down the road, there are other ways you can also monetize your blog, but I want you to be careful with that because I see a lot of people who start up a blog and first thing they do is start throwing affiliate links in there and running ads and they don't have a clear plan of action or a purpose behind what they're doing, they're just hoping that they make money in any sort of a way, there are certainly ways to add those pieces in, those layers of additional streams of income to diversify your income stream on your blog. Absolutely, but, in the beginning, when you're just building your blog, you wanna be really careful that you're not detracting your buyer, that they're you're not pushing them away from the one thing you're hoping that they're gonna do while they're there. And right now, in the beginning, that's probably you want them to buy one of your products or you want them to sign up for your lead magnet so you can capture them and continue to talk to them. And you don't want them going off and you know shopping on Target when they should have been reading the rest of your posts and making a purchase from you. Now is the part where I'm going to talk about what if you hate blogging? What if you despise it and you're only doing it because people like me said it was a good idea and anytime you hear somebody say you don't have to do it, you could just stick with social media, forget the long form content, it's too slow, you're like, oh yeah, okay, good, and you breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, but you know you're missing out on something, right? You know you're missing out on an opportunity to make sales with something like blogging, but what are the alternatives for you? So maybe you sit down to blog and you have no clue what to say, or if you do figure out to say what to say, you're wondering who is even gonna read it, or maybe you know you should be blogging, but you've stalled out because you're just trying to figure out the tech behind setting it up and the whole thing is overwhelming and you just it's just not your thing. You don't have to blog just because I said so. In fact, please don't blog just because I said so. If it's your thing, if I sold you on the idea of crafting long-form content that speaks to your brand and lives on on the interwebs forever and ever, then learn how to blog with intention and read books and listen to your mentors and join Teacher Hustle University. We have a whole stack on blogging and, and do it right. But don't just jump in with a blindfold on and then say, Alyssa, it didn't work. Please don't do it if you know it's not going to work for you because you hate it. Your audience, you know this isn't their thing. This advice about blogging is not dead is really kind of blanket advice. To be honest, sometimes, and this has happened, I'll be coaching a Teacher Hustle University crew member and I realize the blogging is totally stressing them out and that it's not really their thing and I know they would be amazing at something else That's when I give them the advice I'm about to give you. You do not have to blog to make steady sales online. If writing is not your thing, if this isn't going to work for you, your business, your audience, there are two other forms of long-form content you can put out into the online space that achieve a very comparable result to blogging. The first is video, and the second is what I'm doing right now, podcasting. YouTube videos especially are similar to blog posts because they live on a long time, just like blog posts do, and they're searchable, right? Just like blog posts are. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world behind Google, and it's owned by Google. So you're getting a ton of exposure just by being a content creator on YouTube. But like blogging, you have to learn those SEO strategies. SEO is search engine optimization. In other words, getting your content to show up for the term you want to show up for when people search it. For example, if someone searches math workshop in fifth grade and that's the thing that you love to talk about, we wanna make sure through SEO strategies that you pop up when someone's looking for that, that you make that match. And so you need to be creating content that is amplifying your message and your brand in these ways that will lead people to sales. So posting a video one day about like your hair and the next day about the newest multivitamin you bought and, you know, your, your target haul the next day and then the next day about a reading strategy, it needs to fit together to tell a brand story. So I'm not saying you can't make a video about your hair one day and a reading strategy the next but it does all need to fit together to make sense to tell your story. Podcasting is another form of long form content, evergreen content. It doesn't have the backing of search though. It, you know, it just means we have to put it out there ourselves a little bit more. So the way I do this with my podcast episodes is that I post my show notes on my blog each week. So my podcast doesn't just live in iTunes, it lives also on my blog and I embed the, uh, the episode right inside my blog post. I very rarely ever even make blog posts now because I'm getting all of that keyword goodness from the long form content that I'm putting out on the podcast each week and then I'm putting it into my blog. I bet I can guess what your last question is going to be about blogging or video or podcasting. How often do I need to post on my blog or my YouTube channel or my podcast? That totally depends on you, right? Your schedule, your audience, which platform we're talking about, whether it's blogging, YouTube or podcasting, because it's different for each. It's a huge commitment, I will tell you this, you know you know me, you know I'm a full-time teacher and a mom, and so my biggest commitment in my business is putting a podcast out to you every week. It's a huge commitment and I don't take it lightly, I, I do not, I'm not gonna miss a week unless I'm doing it on purpose, I'm taking a break or something, I'm not just gonna ghost you one week, right? So my advice to you is just pick something, pick one platform, show up for your audience on that platform, in the same way, like the same platform at the same time. So whether that's weekly or it's bi-weekly or it's monthly, just make a date with your audience and don't skip it. Keep showing up. It doesn't matter really how often it is, just that you'll, you'll be there and they can count on you to be there. So if you want help getting all of this ironed out, you, you want to try one of these long form content strategies, but you want to do it with purpose and intention, you've got to make sure before you leave this podcast episode that you download my free Marketing with Intention guidebook. It's a printable PDF. You're going to love it. It's not some fluffy download. It's packed with tips like these, all built around my signature Teacher Hustle University marketing framework because I believe that all teacher business owners should have a solid marketing foundation. They should have this solid foundation that they feel confident in. These these moves that they're making week after week that they can balance and automate that will keep driving sales to their online business. And that solid foundation, which is the framework in marketing that I teach, it never changes, it's always the same. And the first step to getting yours set up is to grab this guidebook, fill it in, and get your plan underway. I walk you through the first few steps in making sure you're spending time in your business that's actually moving your business forward. And so the link to grab your free guidebook is right in the show notes for you. And I will see you back here on the Teacher Hustle podcast next week. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a creative educator who is wanting to start their business online. Maybe you have started your business, but you can't gain any traction because as soon as you take one step forward, there are a million more things you're supposed to be doing like vlogging or podcasting, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Maybe you've heard all the marketing podcasts, but there's so much conflicting information. You just want the roadmap to success. I know sometimes it feels like the big name marketing experts don't understand our lives as teachers. You might be worried you're going to spend all your time and money on creating your online business, or maybe you already have spent tons of time and money and no one is going to show up to buy the thing you have to offer. And you're worried about how you're going to stand out among the rest. If you don't want a degree in marketing, but you want to inspire other teachers and you want to stand out among the rest and create a voice and share your thoughts and ideas and bring in some money, but it all feels a little overwhelming. I have good news for you. You are exactly where you need to be. You have everything you need to share your passion and to make some serious cash in the process. I want to introduce my signature training for creative teachers like you. Teacher Hustle University and you can get your hands on my step-by-step guide to designing an online business with a strategic purposeful marketing plan. The Teacher Hustle University framework is your chance to build that solid foundation in marketing for your online business to make a difference in classrooms around the world to generate a steady monthly income and to put it all on autopilot so you can enjoy life's moments. I teach you all of the pieces of the framework for Teacher Hustle University inside my free masterclass, which you can find at alissamcdonald.com masterclass.